Hey, Jeff Fuller back with you, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. That's hopeforvermont.org. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Living Hope Wesleyan Church, and uh, we are now on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts as Living Hope Wesleyan. So again, the podcast, Living Hope Wesleyan, and the YouTube channel is Living Hope Wesleyan Church. We certainly believe people's stories make our stories better if we will simply make the time to listen and learn from them. And one with a great story is Mr. Marvin Mumford. Marvin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing excellent. Glad to have you on. And a quick shout out to Peter Englert. Uh, the Why God Why podcast is where I first heard you. You've been on there a couple of times. And just share a little bit. Where did you grow up, Marvin? Um, well, my family's from uh, from the north, you know, New York, New Jersey. Um, we moved to Delaware and uh, my mom and dad got married there. Uh, that's where I was born. I was born in Delaware. And uh, then we moved to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and upon moving to Richmond, Virginia, that's where I matriculated through uh, a little bit of middle school and high school. Uh, then I moved to North Carolina to go to college, stayed in North Carolina for about 15 years, got married to my lovely wife, who we've been married for almost 25 years now with four boys. And then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia in 2009. I've been in Atlanta, Georgia ever since. And behind me, it's a picture of you uh, with a guitar and singing, and uh, you lead worship. The name of the website is MarvinMumford.com. You can find that here. What led you, or when did you first discover a love for music, but also a gift for music as well? Well, you know, my family is very musically inclined. My sister and my brothers, uh, everybody plays. It's just a musical family. You know, aunts and uncles always played and things of that nature. So music has always been a part of the vocabulary for me, um, uh, at a, even at a young age, you know, beating on pots and pans and things of that nature. Um, but um, uh, once I got to um, high school, uh, it began to come a little bit more clear that, OK, maybe I want to do something with this. And I got hurt playing football and I could no longer play football. Uh, and I was a great athlete, but I got hurt. And so um, I figured, well, you know, since my football career is over and uh, I'm just a good rebounder on basketball, uh, maybe I need to uh, matriculate to something else. And so I moved uh, really into music, really got heavy into my jazz band in high school and concert band and orchestra and things of that nature. Uh, and it really just started to blossom to me that I could make a career out of being a musician. Now, share with us a little bit about your faith. Did you grow up in a Christian home or did your parents kind of emphasize church? Or when did that faith aspect come into your life? Uh, what's crazy is that, you know, as a young kid, my mother and father were ministers in the church. We in a little small holiness church uh, in Delaware. And my mother and father both were ministers uh, in the church. Um, but, you know, my mother and father went through a divorce. And so in them going through that divorce, um, um, both of them somewhat walked away from the church and the body and things of that nature. And so for me, um, as a young kid, I was very angry at God um, because everything that I had known about him was through the eyes of my parents and their family members and things of that nature. And so when they went through that divorce, it was some of the people in the church who really 
demonize my dad and my mom and the relationship and things of that nature. Now, my mom and dad served diligent. They were the first ones at the church. They were the last ones to leave. My dad would work extra hours on his job so he could help certain people in the church or certain people in the community uh, that did not have. My mom would cook extra meals. You know, I'd wake up on a Saturday, I'm get her on Saturday and different people in my house because my mom has taken in somebody, you know, to help them out and things of that nature. So when my mom and dad went through that very difficult situation, uh, the church did not respond uh, as, from my eyes as a little kid as they thought as I thought they should. And so mm-hmm. that really just um, um, just made me angry with God, with church and all those kind of things. And so I totally walked away from the Lord, man. And I just you know started doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing as a young man. Uh, and uh, at, at, at one point I, I became a, a Muslim during the Nation of Islam. Um, just because I, I knew there was a God, but I didn't want the God um, that I that was told to me as a kid. I just I didn't think that that, that was a true God in, in, in the picture of what was painted to me. And so I joined the Nation of Islam man, and became a Muslim. Um, how old were you, Marvin? Uh, how old were you at that time? Uh, I was a uh, freshman in, in, high, in, in college. I was a freshman in college. And uh, behind me, there's a picture that I uh, pulled, and uh, you're certainly joyful. It's not been a year where we have a lot of live concerts, but talk a little bit more about the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, What brought you out of um, just seeing Christians as people that make mistakes and they don't always reflect Jesus to really seeing Jesus and allowing him to uh, save you and redeem you? Well, you know, um, for me, I tell people all this all the time, you know, um, for me, I needed a Damascus Road experience uh, as Paul did. I'm not saying that me and Paul are equal in any kind of way, anything like that. (laughs) But I needed a Damascus Road experience because I just I just was so angry with God. I just was so angry with people and life and things of that nature. And so uh, God gave me that Damascus Road experience. And I don't really want to go into all of that. Um, But you know, um, just brought me to an understanding that um, um, that I needed him um, more than I thought I did, that I that, that I desired and all the things that I desired and I wanted was in and through him and not the other things that I was doing or trying to obtain and things of that nature. And so when I gave my life to the Lord, uh, for me, it was uh, all in everything in. Um, you know, and so that's the way I express myself in worship. You know, what's crazy is that um, I have to speak uh, uh, here at the church on a couple of Sundays and it's through um, Psalms 119. And Psalms 119, you know, is the longest chapter in the, in the Bible. Um, but we're dealing with the last eight verses in there. And in verse 71 and 72, um, it talks about uh, our lips pouring out praise unto the Lord. Uh, and, and, and for me, uh, it becomes easy for me to do that because I know from which God has forgiven me, uh, as the scripture mm-hmm. talks about, you know, those who have, 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 have sinned so much, they love so much because they have forgiven, have been forgiven of so much. And so for me, uh, that's the heart that I always try to exhibit when I stand, uh, to, to sing songs. And even just in my life, I'm just happy that God has given me an opportunity to uh, be a free man, to be alive, to be healthy, uh, great relationship with my wife and, uh, four incredible boys, two incredible children from a previous relationship. And so God has just blessed me to be able to sing, to play, to do what I love, 
uh, and be compensated uh, in some manners uh, with that. So it's just always a joy for me, man. I love music. That picture that you have of me back there, that's me and, and, and some of my dear friends on the K-Love uh, cruise uh, that I've, I've had the privilege of, of being on, on for maybe six or seven, eight years uh, with some of the, the top Christian artists in the world. Uh, from Toby Mac to Natalie Grant and everybody in between that realm, man. It was just such a blessing to be able to be a part of that family uh, and which we thought it was a family because uh, everyone loved each other. Everyone knew each other, whether we were on the cruise or out on a tour somewhere else, everybody just became one big family uh, because of that, man. And um, I'm just so joyous of what God has given me, bro. Um, I have lost a lot. I have hurt a lot. Uh, but God has redeemed and restored a lot for me, man. So that's where that joy comes from. So whenever you see me, whether I'm speaking, uh, teaching the word of God or whether I'm singing a song of worship or whether I'm hanging out with my boys and we're playing basketball or whatever it is, uh, I'm just excited about it, man, because I, I know that all this could be gone from me at any given time. And again, Marvin Mumford sharing some time with us, uh, MarvinMumford.com, M Mumford Music on Instagram and Twitter. And Marvin, I just want to ask you, because it's been such a difficult year at the time of this recording, we are wrapping up uh, 2020. But going back to uh, Why God Why podcast, Peter Englert co-host with that. When George Floyd was murdered, how did that all hit you? Um, it hit me in several ways. Um, and one way is that, you know, for me and my community, um, we have seen a lot and I have experienced a lot personally, um, um, with, you know, um, the authorities and, and police officers and things of that nature. And so I don't share anything that, you know, I've just heard or anything like I've experienced uh, situations, not to that drastic point to where, again, I'm here. So my life wasn't taken, but I've experienced some of those situations where I just was profiled or I'll experience some situations where a traffic violation extended to something else. Um, and so um, it was real for me. But then on the other side of that, I realized that there are so many great police officers out here who don't get uh, per se, um, you know, when anything bad goes up, everybody becomes, you become labeled as everybody is bad. You know, when one African-American does one thing that's not right, all African-Americans are lumped into that one pot, you know, which is not, it's, it's not okay. Uh, and in that scenario and situation with that police officer, and I said this on the podcast and I'll say this and I'll keep saying it until I, I breathe my last breath. I don't think that young man went out to say, you know what, I'm going to kill me a black man today. That was not his intent. His intent was to show that young man his superiority over him as a police officer and somewhat as a, a white male that I have control of you and you're going to do what I say do because I say it in this moment and I am that guy. I want to show you my superiority. And in doing that, an unfortunate situation that man's life was taken. Uh, and, and it's horrible that we have situations and scenarios where we get to that point where someone needs to exert their superiority over another person because of their, their position or their race or their status in life and things of that nature. And it's heartbreaking. And so um, we as the church missed a, a pivotal moment where we could have come to the rescue of America. 
we the church, we missed that moment because we sat back. We didn't want to say anything for some people. They didn't want to say anything. And for some people, they said too much, you know, um, and we were not prayerful in that moment. We were not vigilant and hearing the hearts of people in that moment. And it, it just it, it just exacerbated into something and morphed into something huge and great. And then more situations happened, more situations happened, more situations happened. And um, it just became an, uh, uh, heartbreaking uh, in so many instances. But then for me as a believer, and I told some friends of mine, this was the greatest time in history to be a believer because we had the opportunity to exhibit the love and grace and mercy and the long suffering that God exhibits to us on a given day, on a daily basis. This morning, even God had to exhibit that to me, towards me. Um, and so I am thankful that we as the body of Christ get to walk through that moment, but I'm also uh, uh, with a heart of trepidation that we are not walking through it as God would want us to walk through that situation. So it's a little bit of both for me. Um, and uh, I'm excited that that I get to share uh, even on your podcast, you know, with this uh, about the situation, uh, about where we are in life as we go into the 2021. The 2020 has been a, a hard year for everyone. No one would get out of 2020 unscathed. No one. I don't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have, you know, the color of your skin, uh, uh, your size, you know, what country you're in. No one will get out of 2020 unscathed. But I do know this. If God allows us to see 2021, there's nothing that 2021 or 2022 or 2025 will throw at us that we can't face and walk through because of what we've gone through in the 2021, bro. Oh, that's so good. Again, Marvin Mumford makes up time. I want to press in a little bit uh, deeper. Um, I was born in South Korea, adopted and grew up right here in Vermont. Now I'm actually pastoring the church where I grew up uh, going, which is uh, weird in a lot of different ways. And there's a difference of respect and uh, honor, which I want to show uh, people. But I don't know if you get my grand ideas of uh, getting dreadlocks like Jeremy Lin. I thought those looked so good. But where I'm pressing in is if you had someone tell you, well, if you got a proper haircut, if you wore a shirt and tie, you would not be profiled. How would you <laughs> respond to that thought? As I said, man, I have walked through all those. I've been on staff at several large uh, ministries, uh, some predominantly black, some predominantly white and some mixed, you know. So I've had that conversation where a pastor came to me or, or, or and, and he's like, hey, man, you know, um, you know, your, your, your hair is cool. And, you know, and I know that's what you like, you know, um, but, you know, would you would you think about cutting it or, hey, man, I know you like to wear, you know, these type of shirts and things of that nature, you know. But what about a polo? What about some khakis? You know, you know, because, you know, I want everyone to be able to receive you in that manner. Um, and, and just in that manner, man, you know, and I do understand uh, as Paul talks. So I, I became all to win all. So I do understand that aspect. But also in that people say this, which, you know, it it irritates me to know. And when people say, you know what, man, I don't see color. And when they say that, what they are saying is that I devalue you as an African-American or as a yeah. Korean or yeah. as a Caucasian or as a Russian or as an Italian. They, they devalue that 
And what they should be saying is that I see who you are and I accept you as you are and we can be the same. We don't have to be the same, but we can be the same as we walk towards uh, our life. And that's more important. I want to see you as, as, as a Korean. I want to uh, engage in everything about, you know, I have been a part of, uh, um, I, I, I've been working part time for a uh, Korean Christian guitar company for a number of years, uh, Go For Wood Guitars, incredible guitar company, incredible guitar, uh, and and just being able to talk to them. And sometimes, you know, I have to have a translator even to communicate with them. Um, but that's the essence of me getting involved with them and doing life with them. I'm embracing who they are and their traditions, which are so totally different than what I would say, you know, uh, some things that I would say, I would not be offended. But if I say that to them, they would be offended in what I'm saying, how I'm saying because of the culture. And so I had to embrace some different things and it taught me some things about myself and about them. And so in life, man, if we are not valuing who people are as who they are, then we are not really valuing what God has placed on this earth. He has given everyone their their, their personalities and, and their cultures and their ethnic 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 um, backgrounds and things of that nature. And if we devalue that by making them want to be exactly like us, then we're saying to God, you failed. That's what we're actually saying to God. You failed because they should be like me and they're not like me. So let me make them like me. And that will destroy relationships greatly. Um, and so I've been in those scenarios and situations where I've been asked about my hair. You know, it's all up. You know, I had, you know, twists and things of that nature. You know, I wore the baggy pants, not, you know, hanging off me or anything like that. But I, I, I wear the colorful jackets. And even now, you know, when I speak, you know, uh, I'm going to give you who I am, man. That's just who I am. You know, I'm going to give you that taste. I'm going to give you that color. I'm going to give you that flavor. You know, as my, 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 my mom says, I'm going to give you that little bit of Lowry seasoning, you know. <laughs> On who that's because that's just who I am. And so when you can value me at who I am, then our relationship becomes that much greater because I'm valuing you at who you are. I don't devalue you because you don't do that. So don't devalue me because I do do that or because I am this way with my hair or my colors of clothing or, you know, what I eat or where I go and things of that nature. And so that's so good. Um, it's been it's been it's been a walk of life. This gentleman said me this said this to me one time. He said, uh, Marvin, uh, you are not the best singer. You're not best musician and you're definitely not the best looking. And I didn't know if it was some kind of compliment or what going on. You know, so my face is all frowned up. He says, but God has designed you with the perfect propensity to walk into the doors and places that he is taking you. He says, I would consider you. And please don't take this as if I think I'm anybody or anything like that. But he said, yeah. I would consider you somewhat of a Jackie Robinson of Christian music. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about, bro? He says, Jackie Robinson was not the best baseball player. He said there were so many more African-American baseball players that were so much better than Jackie Robinson. But they did not have the propensity and the attitude to be able to endure and walk through and then knock down the doors to which he was able to uh, as as one of the, as the very first African-American to walk into that sport. And so I took that as a, 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 a compliment because he was saying to me, hey, Marvin, you're not the greatest, but God has designed you to be able to walk into and be able to bring cultures together to honor him in a greater magnitude. And I'm thankful for that, you know, whether I'm standing in front of 
a, a, a church that has, you know, 10,000 all white or or or, or 20,000 all African-American or, you know, a, a mixed group of, of, of 300. You know, I'm thankful for that because God has given me the heart and the mind to be able to sing songs and, and speak a word that will bring all them to the cross. And that's the most important thing in the world to me, bro. Oh, that's so good. And uh, Marvin, I just want to ask you a question as far as writing, singing, or leading worship, which is the most therapeutic for yourself? You know, um, I, I can say that all of them are therapeutic for me, whether I am writing uh, and releasing what God has given me, whether I'm standing before the people singing worship or whether I'm at the house, you know, uh, in my bedroom, you know, with my, my five year old and we're just singing songs and we're cutting up and carrying on. I'm just as excited, you know, or whether I am teaching God's word, all of those for me are, are therapeutic and ministry to me because it allows me to express to God how thankful that I am. I'm thankful that I get to look at his word and share that with his people. I'm thankful that I get to stand before his people and sing songs to honor him. I'm thankful that I get to write songs about him and to him. I am thankful that I just get to just hang out and be with friends and, and, and express, you know, uh, the joy of God, you know, whether we're just talking about music or just hanging out, talking about basketball. And I, and I get all excited and I start using my hands and and all those kind of things. Uh, that's just who I am. So all of that for me is therapeutic because I know that at any given time that could have been taken from me or that it can be taken from me. And I don't take that lightly in any kind of way. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and I know I am not musical at all. I love music, <laughs> but I can't yeah, man, sing. There's a, a scripture in there for you as well. And I tell uh, uh, my pastor at this church, to which uh, Rehoboth Church, I tell pastor the same thing. He says, Marvin, I can't sing worth anything. I said, look, pastor, there's a scripture for you. Make a joyful noise. It's in there for you. So you still fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, I try. I try. Uh, my question is, being a, a pastor, a lead pastor, small church. With the worship leading, with the singing time, I want it to be theologically accurate, but not knowing how sometimes things fit musically, that can become a source of tension. How do you assess what you lead in worship to make sure it does flow with the theology and the doctrine of Scripture without just being a love song that could be any love song, but it's really focused for the glory and honor of who Jesus is and what God has done. You know, that, that, that takes um, real um, dedication to the scripture. And it also takes real dedication to your craft. You know, many worship leaders, they're singing the latest and greatest songs and, and there are some great songs out there. Um, but sometimes theologically, they don't align with scripture. And I say this to worship leaders um, a lot, as well as senior pastors, that um, the Bible says we can't add, you know, uh, 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 anything to it. We can't add anything to scripture. Right, right. But I ought to be able to take my worship song and lay it beside the Bible and it should be able to become an extension of the scripture. Hmm. And so if it's not an extension of the scripture where this draw me closer to the Lord and the picture of his sovereignty or his grace or a picture of his 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 peace and his love. If it's not drawing me to a place of where I need him and I'm drawing towards it and that God, uh, you know, I'm nothing without you. If it's not pulling me in those directions, then it's just another song that I'm attaching Christianity to. 
And we not only just in Christian music, we have done that with life, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and not to, you know, uh, uh, stretch too far from something else. Even in our political process, you know, we have deemed that this group is 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 Christians and this group is not. Well, if we look and align ourselves with any specific group, we will realize that neither one of them uh, line up scripturally with who God is and what God is saying. Sure. Although there will be more with this one or than you think, or there will be more with this one than you think. If we just stood on just being a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, there is no political party that aligns to what scripture is saying about us. And so right. same thing with our songs. We have to, okay, you know what? I'm going to decide which one draws me closer uh, uh, to God in these in these songs, and we get it wrong sometimes. We do, um, but that's where we have to have that grace to say, you know what? I didn't get that. You know, maybe this song is not right, or maybe I discounted this song because this person did it or this group did it, and that's what we do a lot of times as well. We discount songs because of who is who is sang the song. We discount songs because of 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 who wrote the song and things of that nature. You know what? Hey, man, God says write a new song. Yeah. I don't care who writes the song. If they're writing a new song unto the Lord and that song is talking to God about God and giving us a, you know, uh, even in the scriptures where he, they, they would say, hey, 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 uh, 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 John, you know, this person is baptizing and this person is baptizing. They tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, this person is baptizing. This person. He says, hey, there's, there's no special person that baptizes, you know, as long as they're doing the work of God. That's where we want to be at. And so in our song vocabulary. If we can make that an extension of what the scripture looks like, then we're walking in that right direction. And as a pastor, as a leader, you know what the scriptures say. And so that allows you to be able to look into the lyrics of a song and say, hey, man, this is a song that we can sing. Or, hey, maybe this not may not be the one that we can sing for this our congregation. You might be able to be able to sing it. But for us, we're not going to sing that song. That doesn't mean that song is bad. It just means that for us and where we are in our theology and what we're doing, we're not going to do that song. And so when we can have that balance as pastors and worship leaders, then the music community can be a much better community. I was talking on one of the podcasts with Peter and them. Um, our worship music and music in general has been so divisive. You have CCM or, or, or Black Gospel. And these two communities have been fighting for years, bro. And I'm like, man, God has given us all a, a pen to write. He has given us all a heart to love him. So why is it this group is better than that group? Or this group is more spiritual than this group or this and all this kind of shenanigans that we got going on. I, I hate it so greatly, bro. And so that's why I will sing. I will sing a song and do it reggae. I will sing a song and it may be a, a blues feel. I will sing a song and it ha may have a country feel. I don't care what the feel of the song is. I'm just going to sing a song that's going to honor God that I think the lyrics are speaking to him or about him that will allow us, the people, to, to glorify our God and be edified as his people. I agree. I think that's a great way to put it. And I think stylistically, uh, different is just different. It's not good or bad. And so right. I want to um, change a little bit and just ask you, what music do you enjoy listening to when you're by the pool or you're outside or you're doing what you love? What music do you just default just for your own pleasure and enjoyment? Uh, to be honest with you, man, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, if, if I'm just hanging out, I don't even really listen to music. 
which is crazy. If I'm just hanging out because I'm involved in music all the time, yeah. I don't even listen to music. I'll, I'll I'll probably listen to maybe some uh, ESPN or something like that, or just talk and carry on, crap jokes with my boys or something like that. You know, uh, carry. But I don't really now. Um, if I'm listening, if I'm intent about listening to music. I'll listen to um, uh, gospel. I'll listen to a little bit of r and I'll listen to a little bit of reggae. I'll listen to a little bit of rock. I'll listen to a little bit of ska. You know, I listen to a lot of things because that's innately who I am. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a, a melting pot of all of those styles inside of me. And so um, when I begin to pin uh, 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 lyrics to paper, all of that explodes out of me. You know, me and my boys are working on a new album and prayerfully um, through the um, 2021, we'll be able to finish that. And it has, you know, some CCM. It has some gospel. It has some reggae. It has some inspirational. It has some uh, a little bit of everything, some ballads, a little bit of R&B type feel to it, a little bit of blues type feel to it, because I just write whatever God has given me. And that's what I listen to. I listen to a little bit of everybody. I'm not going to listen to anything that's degrading. You know, anything that's telling you know, to shake this and, and she got to do that and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to you know listen to anything like that because what you feed into you is what's going to come out of you. Yeah. But yeah. I will listen to some some great music, man. I love some Smokey, uh, uh, some Smokey Robinson. You know, I love some Earth, Wind and Fire and some Chicago. Uh, I love some Coldplay, man. I, I, I like listening to some Petra. You know, uh, I got a wide, <laughs> wide variety of people that I listen to some Sam Cooke. Uh, just as well as some Peter Frampton, you know, uh, uh, I love listening. Uh, James Taylor is one of my favorite artists. Hmm. James Taylor is just one of the greatest songwriters, I think, in history, you know. But I also think Sam Cooke is one of the greatest songwriters in history, you know. So my library is 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 wide and very vast, bro. So uh, that's what I love, man. That's If I am listening to something, I'll just pop on anything, man. Anything, you know, uh, orchestral music really just uh, uh, soothes my heart, man. You know, like even when I'm, I'm preparing to read a message, I'll put on some Tchaikovsky or uh, 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 some Bach and just let that just soothe over me because mm. I love what they were doing in that time frame. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge yeah. music buff. Uh, so anything can inspire me, man. Again, Marvin Mumford, marvinmumford.com. If you're listening on the podcast, Apple, Google, uh, Living Hope Wesleyan is the uh, podcast, Living Hope Wesleyan, the YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Marvin, how have you grown as a dad this year of 2020? <laughs> oh boy, have I. Uh, you know, the 2020, I have, I have had to um, have some conversation with my boys. I have had to love them in a different manner protect them in a different manner and allow them to walk in a different manner. You know, um, my oldest, um, Marvin II, was named after me. Uh, he's 20 years old. Uh, he's a sophomore at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And of course, they were, you know, full 100% online. So he's been at home this year. Yeah. And during the George Floyd, uh, Ahmaud Arbery situations and things of that nature, um, uh, I was, you know, sitting, you know, on my porch and he was in the living room and he was having some conversation with some of his friends uh, about the scenario and situation. And I'm listening and not trying to be nosy, but I was, you know, just trying to hear what the young people are saying. And I was so blown away by how he was, you know, uh, encouraging 
and confronting his friends on how they were thinking and how they were handling some of their other friends. Um, some were black, some were white. And he was challenging all of them in the same manner, man. And I was so blown away by that. And, and you know, scripturally what he was talking about, uh, you know, societal what he was talking about, and just in general as a young man. And I was so proud of him uh, in that moment, uh, not because me and his mom have done all the things right, but he has been listening to something that we have said and we have done. Uh, he is being watchful of something we have said and something that we have done. And so I was very thankful of that. You know, um, my 15 year old, he's a freshman. Uh, he's at a new school and the school that he's at is predominantly white. And so him walking through life um, with, you know, some of his athletic teams, uh, football and basketball and the people around them and how he's been engaging with them to love all them and to bring all them to this point of it's not just this or it's just that it can be both. And we can love in that manner. And so I've been so blown away uh, by that uh, with my other son, Miles. He's 18. He's a, a, a senior in high school. He's doing his last year in homeschool, walking with him through the process of what that looks like, selecting schools and and and, and looking at how people look at us in a manner as African-Americans and things of that nature and trying not to be um, too heavy weighted on this side or that side uh, that they can walk through life understanding that we can be who we are uh, and everyone may not accept you, but that doesn't mean everyone is looking at you in a certain manner as well. So um, it's been a challenge, uh, but it's been a welcome challenge that me and my wife have walked through. So Marvin, behind me, there's a picture of Rescued Me. Can you just yeah. walk the listeners through where that came from, what that means to you? That that whole CD was a um, a collection of stories of my life um, because God truly rescued me. He rescued me from so many different things, from myself and from situations. And so that whole CD is just from from song one to the very last song. It just tells the story of who I am and what I am and what I was and what God has done in my life in so many different ways. And so it's really a, a biographical audio of, of, of Marvin Mumford. That's really what it is. And a good friend of mine, Bernard Harris, one of the most prolific bass players and producers in the world helped me work on that, man. I'm telling you, this guy is phenomenal. If you want to listen to some great music, listen to Bernard Harris. You can go to bernardsharris.com. He is probably one of the most prolific musicians in the world. Um, and uh, he just came alongside me and helped me get out of me uh, what was inside of me. And so I'm so thankful for that uh, and for our relationship that we have as brothers, man. So and, and I'm telling you, Jeff, that's a young man that you need to interview right. because he right. has walked an incredible life uh, on stage and off stage, bro. And so, yeah, he's one of those guys, bro. Well, Marvin, as we wrap things up, I stole this question from Hernando Planos. He has a Be Contagious podcast, basketball coach, great guy. And yes. he says, if, or in your case, when, when the feature film is made about your life, who plays you in that feature film? Who plays me? Um, uh, I, I would say uh, either uh, uh, Denzel Washington or uh, Jamie Foxx. And the All reason right. why I say that, because not because they're just African-Americans, but those two men have an innate ability to become the character that they're talking about. 
you know, with uh, um, uh, Jamie Foxx and, and 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 Ray Charles. He was Ray Charles to me. Excellent. I mean, even when I see Jamie Foxx now, he's still Ray Charles before he's Jamie yeah, Foxx yeah. to me right now, man. That's just what it is. And for um, uh, Denzel Washington, you know, he was uh, that coach in Remember the Titans. He became that coach because yeah. I'm from you know Virginia. You know, he became, you know, those characters that he became. And it's just like he was that person. And so I think they could really embody who I am, all the craziness and everything about what I am. They could really embody that and bring that to life to really let people see that what God has done in my life from, from this little kid who was afraid of everything to this um young man who wants to fight the world for Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, so good. My answer is much more shallow. I say Dwayne, the rock Johnson, simply because yes. his biceps, his biceps are larger than mine. So that's, that's who I picked for me. Uh, Marvin, as we, as we let you go, we look towards 2021 and not that I'm saying a new year's resolution, but what is a goal or a hope that you have for this new year? I was talking with a dear friend of mine just the other day, um, Pastor John Vaughn. He is the worship pastor uh, at Renovation Church Atlanta. And those are two guys you need to interview as well. Uh, pastor Leonce Crump uh, and Pastor John Vaughn. Pastor Leonce Crump is the senior pastor at Renovation. And then Pastor John Vaughn is the worship pastor. They're dear brother, man. We are dear. I mean, you know, um, uh, I, I I consider him a brother. Uh, uh, our, our blood is even thicker than my actual blood brothers, man. I just love this guy so dearly. But we were talking about this the other day um, in that our desire, uh, and we had the same ideas, our desire is to love greater and to be mindful of doing ministry well. I want to be mindful of doing ministry well, to love greatly, because that's always my heart, uh, whether it's family, whether it's people to love greatly, but to do ministry well, because there are a lot of people who are hurting right now because of lack of ministry or because of ministry. Uh, I say this, you know, I got a lot of scars and wounds from, from life, but there has been no other hurt worse than church hurt. And you as a pastor, um, you probably experienced this going through life, going through uh, and, and things of that nature. And it's not going to be foreign to people who come through your ministry uh, of church church because people think and say different things uh, and they take things out of, out of context sometimes. And they leave the church abruptly because they think you were saying this about them or they thought you felt this way about them and all those other kind of things. And so church hurt is probably the worst. And so I just pray that this year that not only me and my brother John, but that all pastors and, and, and ministers could do ministry well and, and honor God through that. That's my that's what I want for the 2021. Marvin, thank you so much for making the time. Again, it's MarvinMumford.com on Instagram and Twitter. It's M Mumford Music on Instagram and Twitter, M Mumford Music. Hey, we wish you all the best. Thank you again for making the time. Happy New Year. But most of all, Know that God is with you, he's blessing you, and you are a blessing to others because of him. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. And again, Marvin Mumford makes up time. Again, you can uh, subscribe to YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. I'm the pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Hopefulvermont.org is a website, and the podcast is Living Hope Wesleyan. We thank you all for making the time to listen and learn from someone's stories because God is using it to impact us to live differently and know his love and to make him known. Thanks all. We'll talk to you again soon. Marvin, you're awesome. Thanks so much.